0: Welcome to episode 10 of China in Context. I'm Duncan Bartlett. China has a growing number of people who live alone. As a result, many people's way of life has become more personalised, geared towards their own careers and individual interests. At the same time, the marriage rate has fallen to a record low, according to China's Ministry of Civil Affairs. So, at present, 200 million Chinese adults are not married. And those people living alone total more than 77 million. Today, we're going to talk about what life is like for those people, particularly the women. And I'm very pleased that we can welcome back to the China in Context podcast, Ju Liu, who is Deputy Director of the SOAS China Institute. So, tell us a little bit about the lives of single women in China. How do their lives differ from women in previous generations?
1: There are huge differences across generations. For example, in my 2007 book, I examined the life of the women workers from the Cultural Revolution generation, and I found that it was virtually impossible for them to stay single. For example, the housing allocation practice in Mao Zedong's period was gendered, that is, only male married workers could apply for housing allocation from their workplaces. Therefore, it was materially necessary for women to get married. At that time, old women had at least four or five siblings. If they were not married, they basically had nowhere to stay when they became adults. But things have changed dramatically for the women of the only child generation. Yes, the culture pressure to get married remains consistent across two generations. But there is no material necessity for women to get married. As the only child, they could either stay with their parents or purchase a property with their parents' help. As single women are becoming more prevalent in the workplaces, people are becoming more tolerant now towards the lifestyle of being single.
0: So many social situations in China are affected by where you live. There's a big difference between life in rural areas and the big cities and the lives of those who live in villages. People who live in villages are often disproportionately male um, and many single unmarried women live in China's big cities. Why has that happened?
1: The urban-rural divide in China, it's more than a geographical issue. It is a systematic divide because state development strategies and policies are fundamentally different for urban and rural China. The one-child policy was strictly implemented in urban cities through workplace fines and punishment, but in rural China, since 1980s, rural families are allowed to have a second child if their first child is a girl. In reality, as there was no state pension in rural China until 2009, and women were supposed to be married into their husband's family, a son means old age security to rural parents. Therefore, rural families would keep trying until they have a son. A lot of families had to use gender selective abortion to reach this goal. Therefore, the sexual ratio is far more unbalanced in rural areas than big cities.
0: So some people say that urban women should consider going to the countryside, uh, they should find a husband, and they should start a family there. Uh, what's your view on that?
1: These kind of suggestion completely ignored the cultural practice of marriage and also the systematic urban and rural inequality in China. In Chinese marriage, women are supposed to marry up the social ladder, but not marry down. Given the long established urban rural divide in China, the income and educational inequality between urban and rural areas have actually widened as the economic reform progressed. In reality, I have encountered cases where urban women are married to the men of rural origin, but those men who had a university education and settled in the city with the stable and well-paid jobs themselves. Rural men without a university education are mostly concentrated in low-paid manual jobs as migrant workers in the cities. So it is quite impossible to bring an urban professional woman and a rural migrant worker together into a marital union.
0: Oh, I see. Oh, well, that will be a disappointment to the matchmakers. <laughs> so what about women who don't get married? Uh, what, what are the factors guiding their decisions?
1: mate selection criteria have changed across generations in China. In pre-modern China, the feelings between partners were always secondary to the responsibility for and loyalty to the family. For women of the Cultural Revolution generation, I found that the political standing of their partners was a key element of consideration in the 1960s and 1970s. Then from the 1980s Economic conditions were under great emphasis in mate selection. For the single women from the only child generation, they place a lot of emphasis on romance and feelings in an intimate relationship. A lot of the women I talk to cannot accept that two people without any common experience or emotional attachment have to be together purely because of the economic conditions. However, at the same time, this generation of women also hold distinctive pragmatic views about the economic foundation for a marital union. Although the women I interviewed did not specify a car and a house as marital necessities to distinguish them from the material girls, they would expect to find someone who has the potential to provide us things This economic concern is linked to the cultural tradition that women marry up the social ladder. However, the majority of the women are interviewed would not sacrifice their personal feelings solely because of the economic security. The importance of personal feelings in a marriage for younger generations is a significant transformation that contrasts with the older generations.
0: It well, it's fascinating to dive deep into your research about the meaning of love in China. What about the social value of single women and, and single men? How are they regarded in China? Do their, do their relatives gossip about them?
1: In Confucian family ideology, basically it was one's duty to get married and have children in order to continue the family line. Therefore, staying single was a anomaly in Chinese society. Not only relatives, but also their work colleagues would always gossip behind their back. I remember when I was doing field work in the Chinese organizations in 2008, one common gossip in the workplace was about single women and a single men. People always suspected them having some kind of physical or psychological problems so that they couldn't find a suitable partner. But such attention on these single people did decline in recent years. When I revisited the same workplaces in 2016, and um, people started to view being single as another lifestyle.
0: I've heard in the past in China that one of the reasons people who were single or childless were stigmatized was because it seemed as though they were going against this ancient Chinese value of filial piety. Is that still the case in China?
1: There are considerable differences between urban and rural China, and again, between big international cities and smaller provincial cities. In first tier cities, such as Shanghai and Beijing, such traditional beliefs were much weakened. In parents and workplace, colleagues are more tolerant towards young professionals who stay single, but for smaller um, cities and also rural China, the pressure to get married in their 20s still remain quite high, Many young people who were born in the 1990s I interviewed in the last three years actually had all got married and even had a child by now.
0: So are there lots of people trying to find boyfriends or husbands for these single girls?
1: Yes, not just for single women, all single adult people become the focus of attention among their friends and relatives. So it is the Chinese understanding that if you can contribute To the union of two people, you will be helping them, and by doing good, accrue virtue yourself. During important Chinese festivals, parents and relatives often engaged in matchmaking. One tactic single people use to escape these introductions is to claim that they must work during the holidays.
0: So what do you think about the online dating business in
1: China? I found quite mixed responses from my interviewees about the online dating channel. Yes, on one hand, there are some examples quite rare people get married to their spouse through the online dating, but most young people I spoke to are more cautious about the online platform. So they would much prefer to accept a blind date set up by their friends or relatives. In practice, most people I talk to found their marriage partners through some form of introductions or via their own workplace interactions.
0: And what other business opportunities are there in selling goods or services aimed at one person rather than a couple or a family?
1: Yes, the growing number of single people in China has led to the creation of the lonely economy in China that is the retailers and service providers started to offer personalized products for one person. For example, I remember when I was doing field work in China up to 2008, I often encountered strange stares when I was eating alone in the restaurants. But in my recent field trips to China in the last three years, eating alone seems far more common in the restaurant. Indeed, in the large international cities, such as Shanghai, there are even solo-dining-only restaurants.
0: And there's actually a Singles' Day event in China. It's called Double Eleven because it's held on November the 11th. Can you tell us something about that event?
1: Singles' Day in China was originally created by the online retailer Alibaba to celebrate the status of being single an antithesis to the romantically involved on Valentine's Day, but in fact, it is just one of their marketing strategies to promote consumption. Fundamentally, it is commercially motivated, a bit like the Black Friday event in this country.
0: All right, so a chance to cash in on a growing market. Well, that's been a fascinating conversation. Thank you very much, Professor Jie Yu from SOAS, China Institute, University of London. If you'd like to know more about our research and courses at the university, have a look at our website, soas.ac.uk, that's S-O-A-S, or you can Google SOAS and it should pop up in a search engine. But for now, that's all from us here at the China in Context podcast team.